Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. The last Monday trade day of February. Hard to believe how fast this month went by, but unfortunately we saw a market that saw some lower numbers in this grain complex, except for the soybean meal. They were the ones that saw the continued positive trade. Flip the page to the livestock, ended up mixed on the live cattle, or mixed on the cattle in general, and it was lower on the hogs. We're going to take a look at what some of the factors are pushing this market trade today with Sam Hudson. Sam, of course, with Corn Belt Marketing. And let's start out. Uh, you and I were talking before the program about who got how much rain because it was a beautiful rain that went through uh, parts of Nebraska, even to the point it felt like a spring thunderstorm as we heard those the thunder rolling through and bringing us some rain. But you as well in the eastern Corn Belt got some decent moisture. Yeah, and, and a lot of the same conditions. You know, we're uh, relatively warm, pretty windy, uh, maybe a little windier than we'd like it like it to be. But uh, you know, probably looking at uh, you know two to three inches, generally speaking, here across the area uh, over the last two weeks. Uh, and so, you know, really looking at a, a pretty good setup here as we go into spring. And this really filters into the narrative that uh, I think is has kind of been reinforced just recently here in this market that if we move forward and Mother Nature cooperates, that. Uh, you know, the balance sheets will kind of work themselves out and, and you know, uh, we'll be in a more supply comfortable position again. And I think that's what prices have reflected. And uh, we'll see if Mother Nature actually cooperates here over time and, you know, how prices want to evolve along the way. Well, of course, you know, we're doing our part here in Nebraska to share the wind with you guys on the east eastern Corn Belt. <laughs> Because, you know, and, and that kind of brings up the point that because, you know, we're talking rain, it's nice to see some February moisture. But you made a strong point before we started this that really timing with the rain is the most critical thing right now. And we know that Rome wasn't built in a day and, and rains are not going to bring us out of drought that fast. That's right. And I think that's the one thing you got to focus on uh, when you look at, uh, you know, a lot of the rainfall maps and moisture uh, just modeled out west in general. It's going to be hard to really catch up fully um, when we've been so far behind. But as long as they come timely here, spring and summer, and we can bridge the gaps, um, uh, you know, between these, you know, any length and dry spells, that, that's going to be the biggest, you know, predicator on, on what's going to come uh, in terms of final yield. Now, we already have a talking point of, of you know, the persistent dryness in the winter wheat crop and, and what that could lead to in terms of abandonment uh, as we go forward to spring. But, you know, we're kind of in that doldrum period where, uh, you know, we really have nothing positive to talk about in terms of uh, a fundamental export demand. Uh, and we're going into that supply-side type of market, and the market just doesn't appear scared at this point. Sam, have you heard anything in regards to snowpack? And and how that's going to affect you know when we see the the river water movement and just melt off this spring. Yeah, you know when you look at uh, you know Colorado and Missouri River Basin specifically, um, you know the snowpack and really you know stretching all the way to the west coast uh, with California, you've been getting pretty sizable amounts of snow here over the last uh, in a week or so. I think you're going to look at a lot more steady of a flow um, on those river systems. It's going to take a while to fill up all the tributaries, though, that, that really flow into them. So I wouldn't expect any, uh, you know, major flooding occurrences or anything like that, unless it's just one of these things where it all melts at once. Um, but, you know, it's been so dry, even stretching down into the Arkansas River Valley, everything. Um, I think it's got to at least boast optimism. I think the biggest thing you look got to look for, though, is just groundwater uh, moisture and the potential to have a better grass crop as we get into June, July for some of these high plains areas uh, at a time where we're looking to probably re-expand the cattle herd. There was some talk about China and doing some cancellation of soybeans, not from the U.S., but soybeans out of Argentina. 
Yeah, some rumors of that today. It could have weighed on the front end, uh, you know, a little bit. You know, you mentioned the strength in the meal market. Uh, it's been kind of a stalwart here. Uh, Argentina crushes a huge amount of their soybeans, and if there's a you know a chance that they can uh, retain some of those and China, you know, move their export business to Brazil, uh, it could help loosen up the balance sheet at least for now uh, until you know, they get a little bit deeper into Brazil's harvest and they can replace those beans later on down the road. So, uh, once again, it's just a kind of another example of the market finding a way in terms of keeping the the balance sheet solvent uh, while we wait to, to get another round of production. Looking at uh, what what are you hearing out of Argentina and, and even Brazil and some of those harvest numbers that have come in? Because it seems even I was perusing through social media and it's been pretty quiet into the discussions. Well, it really is. I mean, we've been baking in this drought for, in Argentina for quite a long time. It's been well advertised. Um, you know, the market's, you know, been trekking along here, well aware of the situation, and we've made so many cuts here already. Uh, I think those cuts are going to continue to come. I think they're going to continue to be measured from USDA. That's typically how they roll with those situations. Uh, but there's only so far they can go with that. I think if there's going to be a, you know, if there is a chance for any sort of, uh, you know, supply catalyst here, it would be is if Brazil stays wet and continues to delay uh, their harvest uh, and maybe even to the extent where they could see some damage or quality problems. But I just don't think it's, uh, at this point we should expect that to be widespread enough to make a big dent. I think the real optimism there is the fact that we've been penciling in this 155 million metric ton bean crop uh, in Brazil for just as long as we've been talking about the drought in Argentina. (laughs) And not to say that we've got a big problem coming, but it just feels like it's going to be easier to kind of shave off that number than it's going to be to add to it at this point. Uh, and the market just feels like it's just waiting to see this, uh, you know, demand shift, and we really just haven't seen it yet. Uh, you know, so the U.S., you know, we just got to stay tight here until uh, until we see more defined, you know, uh, shift to their ports, whether it's cancellations or what have you uh, with China. And if we don't see that at all, that's going to start to shift, uh, you know, more risk to the new crop contract uh, in that November as we get into that sp- uh, you know, spring time frame and deal with weather and whatever USDA advertises for acres. You know, and that just reiterates what we've been talking about for for this whole month. This is the quietness that we're going to continue to see when it comes to export numbers out of the U.S. Right. And, you know, export inspections again, you know, today, just really nothing to write home about. Um, we're still ahead of pace for soybeans on the sales and the movement. Uh, and so there's uh, not a lot of breathing room that USDA can do there. But, uh, you know, I think what we'll we should plan to see along the way is them gradually reducing our domestic crush program. And part of that could just be because there's not a lot of available beans domestically. Uh, but at the end of the day, that number probably needs to come down a little bit, and it's going to offset any increases we may have to see in the export side of things long-term anyway. So seasonally, we should start to see that movement start to, you know, uh, you know wane on the beans. Uh, and as we see that, we should actually start to uh, you know, see a little bit of boost in our corn export program and a, a drop in the flat price is maybe just the thing that we need to kind of get that jump started. Uh, but we're so far behind that uh, I don't know if we can move stuff fast enough uh, for it to really move the needle from a fundamental standpoint. All right, well, stick around, folks. When we come back, we're going to take a look at the crop insurance prices and what we're seeing there. More is coming up. It's the Monday version of the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we continue our conversation this afternoon with Sam Hudson. Sam is with Corn Belt Marketing. And let's talk a little crop insurance. That isn't something we discuss very often, but you've got some updated crop insurance prices, which I think are going to be good news for our, or bad news, depending on how you look at it, for our grain producers. Well, yeah, it's good in the grand scheme of things in terms of, you know, when you look at the historical levels, it's one of the you know, more lofty levels we've seen in terms of uh, looking at a guarantee going into spring. And right now we do have a couple couple days left to uh, figure in here, but uh, you're going to have the December corn right around 594 
uh, and a lower volatility, a little bit lower volatility factor than we may have seen last year. But you're probably going to look at costs very similar uh, to what we saw that last year. Soybeans are going to be a little bit lower, 1378, that compares to where we were last year, around uh, 1437. Uh, same thing, volatility factor pretty low. We have seen a, a bit of a dip in prices here over the last uh, several sessions. Uh, you know, since the February Outlook uh, Forum, but uh, you know, with a, it being a weighted average, it doesn't look like it's going to you know make a big dent in things here. Do you think, uh, as we look at the wheat numbers here, quick before we jump over to livestock, do you think that this continued lower trade is going to continue this week, or did we possibly, unlike the rest of the grains, maybe have a bottom put in place? Well, when you say bottom, you know, you got to be thinking short term or immediate term. Right. When you look at, you know, fundamentals on the whole, we still look at 30% stocks to usage here domestically with wheat, and we got another harvest coming. Um, you know, here we are a year into this Ukraine situation, and the world really hasn't seen a drop in, in values. In, in fact, you know, some record uh, amounts are being exported out of the Black Sea region in general, whether it's coming out of Ukraine or, or Russia, business is taking place. And so, um, you know, we've seen the spreads be weak. We've seen, uh, you know, basis levels weaken up. And, and so the, I think anything that we see there is going to be short covering in nature and probably short lived. Uh, eventually, I think we could get to that point uh, in, in the corn market. But at the end of the day, we still have to plant ours. Um, and we got to see where USDA you know, puts total acres, um, you know, here this spring or, or at least uh, starting out on the March uh, expectations. I think that was probably the biggest thing to look at now that last week was the total combined acres between corn and beans and how that compares to recent history. Because I think trying to guess the split between the two, um, you know, is just kind of tough to do at this juncture when weather's still, your weather season's still ahead of you. <laughs> we had a cattle on feed report as we switch over to the livestock side, a cattle on feed report that came out on Friday afternoon. What was kind of some of your thoughts on those numbers? You know, I generally a little, I would categorize it as somewhat neutral. You know, we see, we kind of saw the market pumped, uh, when, you know, with, uh, you know, Mad Cow Scare here in Brazil. I uh, realized the numbers did come in a little bit more supportive, uh, you know, compared to what the trade was looking for, but it just feels like we're, we're current on this thing. And if we're going to keep going higher, I think it's going to be a, a function of, of uh, you know, beef prices and cash markets just moving higher into the spring, summer grilling season. So uh, we're not, we're not making, uh, you know, any more cattle or at least not enough to really expand the herd. And, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I think you could finally get a little bit more uh, traction and, and acceleration in that cause come June, July, once we see, uh, you know, what's possible from a grass standpoint out west. And no surprise that the, the feeders might be taking advantage a little bit of the drop in the corn price? That's right. And the cash market has been strong, but I think this is more about, uh, you know, kind of that knee-jerk reaction and looking out in time and just, you know, realizing that there's going to be a strong desire, a strong need to to, uh, to get those feeders out there and to get, uh, you know, more feed on the ground in general. What is your thought of the overall feel, though, of this cattle market, whether you're looking at the live or the feeder numbers? Um, well, you know, I think I would go back to, you know, the cash market in terms of beef prices, box beef prices driving things. Um, you know, we did see a decent break there uh, after the first of the year. But when you look at uh, numbers compared to historical averages, I think it, it still just boasts optimism. I mean, look how February acted as it goes into delivery here. Um, you know, it just, I think, reinforces the entire thing. The, the breaks are going to be bought. Uh, and as long as you don't, you know, run into an economic sentiment buzzsaw here along the road sometime, um, you know, I think it's, it's, it's safe to, to play that route. And for the Hawks, I mean, another day of some real drop in numbers. 
Yeah, you know, I think the thing you look for in optimism there, again, it would be the cash side of things. We've seen a little bit more stability in the lean hog index. It seems like when it wants to make a turn, it, uh, you know, gradually just trends to trends and starts to work the other way. I think to get confirmation on that, you're going to have to see a little bit more strength in the port cutout values. And if that's the case, then we may finally actually see some strength in the April-June spread. Uh, and same thing here, you know, economic sentiment, I think, is going to have, uh, you know, play, definitely play a role along the way. Uh, going back to the cattle, though, and, and what hogs could react, uh, you know, or could do in reaction to that, I think the breadth and depth of that uh, uh, mad cow situation, I think is going to be important for the market. Is it a one-off case or are we going to start to see more of this that elongates any bands out of Brazil? You know, it was kind of a little blip on the radar and we got some initial reaction, but it's definitely quieted down in the last couple of days. Yeah, definitely. You know, again, breadth and depth is very important in those situations. If it's a month down the road here and we haven't heard anything more, uh, you know, we could kind of just get back to business as usual. But it's just another thing to throw in the fire on on what it's already a relatively, uh, you know, tight beef uh, situation. And of course, like you said, we're waiting on some spring warm up, some green grass and a positive turn around to these guys that are trying to replenish their herds. That's right. Yeah, hopefully we keep, uh, you know, some steady rains going. We don't want to see anybody flooded out, but uh, you know, we're off to a good start here, given the fact that we've been, uh, you know, in, in the winter months and uh, it doesn't always suffice for big moisture. So if not for nothing, those big snowfalls at least uh, garnish whatever moisture you can out of it. Best way for folks to get a hold of you, Sam? Uh, 800-655-3380 or www.cornbeltmarketing.com. And that is today's Fontenelle Final Bell, brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.